Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. I'm really looking forward to speaking today with Komal Mystery. Komal has worked for Fonterra for nearly 10 years and is currently Fonterra's Global Business Unit Director of Sports and Active Lifestyle, based in Singapore. In this role, she leads Fonterra's protein, probiotics and specialty ingredients portfolio within the US $200 billion health and wellness market. Her role spans across Europe, the USA and Asia-Pacific regions. In her previous role, she was the general manager of Fonterra Ventures, responsible for building new revenue streams globally. And prior to that, she held various finance and commercial roles across Fonterra's consumer business. Prior to joining Fonterra, Comal worked for Deloitte across both the London and New Zealand offices. Comal's both a barrister and solicitor of the High Court of New Zealand, as well as a member of the New Zealand Institute of Chartered Accountants. She was named New Zealand's Young Executive of the Year in the 2017 Deloitte Top 200 Awards. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about her journey today. Kia ora Komal and thank you very much for joining me. Thank you Anna, it's fantastic to be here um, and speak to you about my story. Wonderful. Let's start then with a question that I like to ask people at the start, which might take you a little way back to when you were a child or perhaps even a teenager. What careers did you dream about or aspire to? I guess for me, business has always, I like to say business has always been in my blood. Both sets of grandparents own their own businesses in Fiji um, and my parents and I grew up in the Waikato own their own manufacturing in in the fashion industry. Um, Our childhood was really intertwined with this and going to work with mum and dad was always a, you know, really big part of our lives growing up and we, you know, saw firsthand their work ethic, commitment, values and and what it really takes. And that's just, uh, I think my love of of business has just stemmed from there as well. And also just seeing, and and we have entrepreneurs all all around New Zealand, you included, seeing them put everything into their business, but also support the community um, that they operate in and build that kind of family culture um, in their business. It's always grounded me and, you know, those are the, the same principles that that I apply and it's definitely um, led me to where I am today. Interesting. Interesting for me to hear, you know, you came from the kind of that line of run entrepreneurship or running their own businesses and yet your career has followed a slightly different path in terms of actually working mm. for kind of large <laughs> global corporates. How did you kind of weigh that up when you were thinking about, okay, I want to work in the world of business, but do I run my own thing or, or do I work for somebody big and established? What were you thinking? Well, I think if I take my first job, that was definitely working in the family business. And it was doing everything from unloading trucks at at that time, uh, mum and dad, everything was New Zealand made. It was back in the um, early 90s where clothes were still manufactured in New Zealand, that kind of offshore 
move to, to China and Asia hadn't happened then. So we would button shirts and do all the things that you wouldn't necessarily think of as a consumer when you go and buy goods in a retail outlet. And dad's principles were always, you know, you should know how an end-to-end business works and understand how the full value chain works because that's going to mean when you do office jobs, like he called it, you, you actually understand the detail. And I really learned that from a young age and had a really deep appreciation for um, the ins and outs of a business. And it was really natural to me because when you enjoy something, you naturally gravitate towards it. So everything from taking those subjects at school, whether it was economics or accounting, then moving on to, to law and commerce, it was all just very logical. And because I loved it and I had a natural knack for it, you know, I followed that path. And I always believe you should follow the path um, that you most enjoy and, and, and the career will stem from that. And post that, post studies, it actually led me to London to work for Deloitte and, and being like most um, people in their early 20s are at that stage. It was more the location <laughs> that led me there and being based in, in London and in Europe and working across a large accounting and, and consultancy firm it just gave me so much exposure to different industries and different businesses and different people. The learning opportunity was significant. And coming back to New Zealand just... And that led me to Fonterra because I just had an appreciation for, you know, the world of business on a global scale. And obviously, Fonterra is a significant global business. And that's what attracted me to to where I am. And close to 10 years later, I'm still here and still loving every minute of it. So it wasn't something that I planned, but I, I really just followed what I enjoyed in it. And it led me um, to different places. Really interesting. And I'm interested to understand if you think to those first few years of your career, mm. what were some of the highlights and, and also the challenges of that time? Yeah, so the highlights I would say is meeting people from different walks of life. And London, and I know you've lived in London as well, it's great for that because it's just such a melting pot of different cultures, um, people from different backgrounds, and that provides a, a learning opportunity. And I just got so much out of the people I worked with, but equally the businesses that I was exposed to, everything from large retail um, companies right through to property management, hotels, tourism across the whole spectrum. And so that's a learning in itself, I would say, from a highlight perspective. From a challenges and learning perspective, I definitely fell into you know, a, a similar theme that, that a lot of women find themselves in, in particular, you know, that whole area of self-doubt and, and lack of confidence, which would mean I wouldn't naturally put my hand up for opportunities or I'd constantly you know, overthink things or doubt whether I was good enough. And you know, that's one of the things where I would tell people in their early career just from my experience is um, just to have that belief in yourself because if you dare to try sometimes, you'll be actually quite surprised what's actually possible. So that would be probably my biggest learning and advice to, to people in an early career. Fascinating and very topical for me at the moment. I did a workshop last night actually around self-belief, confidence and courage. So there we go. That's a, it absolutely is. It's yeah. a common theme for women. And it's easy to say, have more belief in yourself, but it's, it's much harder to, to do it or to find what works for you to, to overcome that self-doubt. What did help you to overcome those self-doubts and just give things a go? 
Yeah, I think um, it's it's a couple of things. So I really believe in you know this whole concept of you're in a circle or the the people that are closest to you that inspire you, that push you to be better, that understand your strengths, but they also understand your vulnerabilities. And they're your people that really ground you and push you when and have that belief in you when you might not have that belief in yourself. And I think um, cultivating that and having those people around you is is really important. For me, it was also I've, I've also had the the privilege um, of having sponsors and a lot of them actually male sponsors through my career that just had that firm belief in me and my ability, even though I might not have had it in myself. And so it's really for me come from people and yeah, cultivating that self belief through um, people around me, through sponsors, and then gradually as you do achieve things, you get more and more confident um, in yourself as well and your ability to achieve what you wouldn't have believed is possible. So you do surprise yourself. So those are the ways I've done it, but those people around me are what's made the biggest difference. Mm, yeah, great advice. And I think it's, I often hear from women, you know, I'll just, I'll give, when I feel a bit more confident, I'll, I'll give that a go. And to your point, actually, sometimes confidence comes after you've given something a go and, and that's okay exactly, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you've made a, a kind of an interesting transition from an accounting finance background into much more you know, general management, touching the worlds of marketing, venturing, commercial leadership. How has that transition been for you? Initially really daunting. I think I had, I was following quite a functional track. I call it that from a finance perspective early on in my career. I spent three years at Deloitte and five years and actually roles in our consumer business in Fonterra and that was what I knew and that was my world and that was, and we speak about confidence, but I had a lot of confidence in my ability to do that, you know, and that that worth that came from knowing something um, deeply and the step out was actually really daunting. And I remember my boss at the time, we were having a development session and I came in well-prepared, typical a type A personality and my aspiration was to be a CFO. And he turned around and looked at me and he said, come back and let's have this meeting when you've actually given it some thought. And that really took me back by surprise because I'd come prepared and I I thought that's what I wanted to do. But to me, it wasn't, I hadn't really dug deep around what I enjoy. I had put something on paper that I thought was the obvious path. And that was a real pivotal moment for me to just go back and think about what do I actually enjoy? Where does my energy lie? And I realized it actually lies more on the commercial side and the front line and taking um, me back to that experience that I talked about around my childhood. That's actually what I want to do. And I made that decision to make that move. And it was scary at the start. But actually, when you think about it, the fundamentals of business, the economics, and it's it's creating a positive return to your shareholder. And I knew all of that inside out from being in finance. So those principles were really natural. And then the other skill sets that come from sales and marketing and innovation and the other functions just naturally grow over time. So it it was scary, but I think it's important to be brave and follow where your energy and your passion lies um, because ultimately that's going to lead you towards a successful career. 
And I'm sure that, as you said, that kind of early understanding of an end-to-end business and the different functions that meant that you, although your early career might have been very functional in terms of finance, actually you had some kind of a base from your family. Yeah, and look, the the last, I mean, the role I'm in and, and my role previous to that, which was leading Fonterra Ventures, they didn't exist. They didn't exist before I walked into them. And so sometimes it's, you want to plan things out, but you don't know what you don't know. And the only thing you can do is follow what you enjoy, put your hand up when opportunities arise, and then really lean into them 100% and learn and grow and um, do the best that you can do. And the Fonterra Ventures role, it, it was really unique because it was looking at investments and M&A and, and partnerships and all these things that I would call them adjacent to a, a legal and a finance degree, but actually quite, quite different as well. So all kind of building blocks that are part of my journey today. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you then love about your current role? I absolutely love my current role. But it's probably, for me, I've learned that I need three things in a role to be truly fulfilled. Um, The first one is, and those three things, they have to have a social impact. So I have to be working on something that makes the world a better place. Um, And doing what I do today, it's all centred around nutrition and it's centred around what we would call um, advanced nutrition. So working with health and wellness brands all around the world on things like weight management or um, supporting people to sleep better or helping people's mental well-being, that's all something that is going to improve people's lives. And I think that's what I really enjoy. Um, the second thing is that the people aspect, just having the ability to empower others around you, learn from others as well, but equally support them to be the best versions of themselves and having that people impact at scale. And I enjoy that in my current role because I have a team sitting in China and the US and, and Singapore and New Zealand, and you just have that richness of diversity. And with that comes learning. And then the last element is the commercial piece. I love running a PL, running a business. It's, you know, it really gets me going and deals, growing a business, taking it to the next level, that whole commercial edge is, is really important to me. So all of those three aspects, I have that today. And that's something I wouldn't compromise on going forward, knowing what I know about myself. How interesting. And I can imagine fascinating as well, as you said, to be working with people and teams all around the world and having to, everyone brings their own different styles to that. How have you Mm. developed in terms of being a leader and a leader that's also inclusive as you've gone along? Yeah, so I think what I've learned as a leader is it's less about when you start your career, it's about what and it's about the individual contribution that you bring. And especially when you're coming up through a a discipline like finance, it's very much what you know or, or you're working in consulting. People are paying you for what you know. But the unlock in leadership is less about what you know, but it's about how you bring everyone together to achieve a common goal. And the richness, as you say, of having people from different backgrounds, different countries, different experiences, with that comes a whole lot of diversity 
that but then also as you say is that the beauty is actually in creating the inclusive environment where you're actually leveraging that diversity to achieve a better business result um, and me as a leader I think that's my biggest kind of focus is really understanding my people understanding where their strengths are understanding areas that they want to develop and working with them collectively on growing because I think if they grow and they can be at their best, then the business is going to be at its best. Um, and then translating that culture through the business unit. And that's what, at the end of the day, delivers the outcome, which all businesses want, which is growth. So, yeah, that's my learning. And it's still a work in progress, um, but it's definitely something I spend a lot of time focusing on. And it's that, that interesting combination between, as you said, if you're coming from finance, absolutely understand that business ultimately, it's the economics, it's generating return for shareholders, but it's actually through the people that it gets started. So yeah, combining those, those elements is, yeah, it will be fascinating in your role. And I wanted to ask, Kamal, you've, you've progressed pretty quickly in your career at a pretty young age. And I was keen to understand you know, what, have, what have you done personally to help accelerate that progression? That's a really hard question. <laughs> Look, I think I have learned to be more brave over the years. So that lesson that I talked about in early career around the self-doubt, I've learned, um, and through the strength of others, actually, it's others who, when I um, say, oh, I don't think I can do that, you know, my brother or my husband, they'll be the first to say, of course you can do that. Typical response that you sometimes get from males. Having that ability to be brave and really back myself, I think been really important and that's really come from the people around me. And then the second thing I would say is just that journey of self-improvement. I'm really big on this as well. And learning about yourself, being more aware, um, learning around how to grow that mental resilience because I truly believe that's a significant unlock because whether it's a challenging job or, or something's happened that knocks you down or it's a particularly tough situation, your ability to find your center again, reset, you know, come from a, pay, a place of inner calmness, power and grace back to your principles and then be able to get back up and lead from that is probably one of the biggest things that I think has helped get me there. Well, just that mental resilience and really working on that, um, that skill and also being brave, probably the two things, brave to, to take the opportunity when it arises and then 100% put everything that you have into it day in and day out to, to deliver on its potential. Yeah, I haven't really planned, as I said, my career, but as opportunities have come about, they've come about naturally and I've, I've taken them on and yeah, given them everything I have with the right support network around me, which is really important as well. It is, yeah, support network is really important and is kind of part of resilience as well. And this year, so we're talking in 2020, which has been a different sort of year. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that mental resilience has been really important for you this year. Absolutely. And people get this in different ways. For me, I mentioned I get it from the people around me, but I also a big believer in mindfulness. And that means different things for different people. For me, I actually really enjoy um, meditation and starting my day with that because it gives me perspective. It allows me to step back and just think about what's important and start the day in the right way. Um, 
exercise. But then equally, that whole learning piece, which helps with perspective, you get that through listening to podcasts you're doing now. I think you get a lot out of that, right? From learning from other people's experiences and other people's journeys and um, through books. And um, I think just having that higher aspiration or, or learning helps as well. So it's a number of different things that build up towards that, but that's how that's how I approach it personally. Yeah, great. And as you look back on your career so far, what have been some of your maybe toughest challenges or toughest moments? There's been a lot of tough moments, but I think if I was to generalize them for me personally, typically when you find yourself in a situation that really rocks my value set or my principles, and that can be in a work environment or it can be people that have led to that, but they just that really has had the impact on me where it can knock me down. And when I've get in that place, I I struggle to sleep and it really leads me to the core. And those have been really tough times, whether it's something in the boardroom or it's, you know, a situation or it's a particular individual. Um, it's it's that whole piece that I talked about around mental resilience. It's you've got to learn to recenter yourself and get back up and respond in a way that aligns with your values and your principles. I really like the quote from Michelle Obama who always says, you know, when people go low, your only option is to go high. Um, And I genuinely believe that, you know, re-stepping back, finding perspective, however you might do that, it might be from people, it might be through time, it might be through just spending some time alone and responding from a place that's powerful but but graceful and, and calm and aligns with your values as well. That's the only way through. And these things are always going to happen. Life is always going to, and your career is always going to throw things like that. But your ability to respond to that has been a journey. I'm still on that journey, but it's been something I've learned along the way. And I'd like to say you get better at it, but as different situations are thrown at you, um, for me, they still have that effect. But I'm better at recognizing how I work my way through that than than I was say five, ten years ago. I like the way you talked about it. It's those kind of situations which rock your values that kind of make you mm. rock and you can't sleep. But taking that step back and I love the words you used then actually come all around to actually how do I then approach the situation in both a powerful and a graceful way. It was a just a really nice way to talk about it. I wanted to ask that this podcast is called The Female Career yes. and I'd be keen to understand are there any particular obstacles or, or challenges that you've, you've had to overcome as a woman in your career? Yeah, so um, so right from early on my career because of the, 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 the discipline function that I chose, being financed to where I am today, I've often, a lot of times, been the only female in the room. And then most recently, as I've progressed, I've not only been the only female in the room, but the, typically the youngest person in the room as well. So there's that added element. I think when you're different, whether that's gender, whether that's generation, whether that's ethnic background, I, I think with that comes... Yeah, a different challenge in that there might be a lot more commonality around the table with others. And that means that that you have a different perspective. But I've always taken that now, um, not always taken it, but I definitely view that now um, as it's a real positive because you come with a different voice that ultimately adds value to the business and and to the team that you're in. Um, But the biggest challenges I would say we face as females is it's that confidence piece. I think it's 
you know, a lot of females I see coming through. I've seen that in myself, but also in a lot of women that appears of mine and, and close to me is, is we tend to have that self-doubt and that confidence and um, we underestimate our ability. And that's something that through these conversations, and I'm really um, happy that people like yourselves are, are creating these um, opportunities for women to share these stories because by hearing about other people's vulnerabilities and experiences, you, you're somehow drawn to it and hopefully can learn from it as well. But I think that's to be honest, the biggest thing I've struggled with and I see females struggling with as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And really interesting. And as women often find that that as they go further up in their career, they, yes, increasingly find that, that they're the only woman in the room. And I know that's, that's very much in New Zealand and in the private sector anyway, as you get to the senior exec level or board level, that, that women are very much in the minority. But as you said, you know, you, you've been dealing with that for a while now and now you can see that the, the value that having a different perspective can bring in and, and really value that. That's great to hear. Um, I do think being in this position, it's also a sense of, I also feel that sense of responsibility because I I believe in a better business and a better environment when you have equal voices at the table, you have a more balanced table. And I think us as women um, who are leaders around different industries, different markets, different businesses, we definitely have a responsibility to a degree to support those that are coming through. And I definitely take that really seriously. Um, and I have a niece actually who's 18 months and my hope is when she goes through her career, she doesn't face these types of things. It's just normal um, for, for her. So I think we can definitely do more as women, but equally that role that that men play as well, I think, in, in females' careers. I think the other aspect for me is had some really strong male sponsors and mentors who, when I haven't believed in myself, have believed in me and pushed me towards opportunities. And I think um, that's really important as well if we are going to make a step change in terms of female representation or, or diversity um, it's it's on all of our shoulders to make sure that we make meaningful change as well yeah absolutely it's not just a women's issue uh, it's exactly for a whole organization for all genders yeah great point come on thank you and we talked a bit about some of the tough stuff that maybe you've been through what about what would be some of your proudest career moments I had one a couple of weeks ago, actually, where um, <laughs> which is recent, where we just closed off a financial year and the business did really well. And my team were taking through senior management through what, what they had done. And it was one of those workshops where I sat back and, and just really listened as they were presenting their respective areas. So we had marketing, innovation, sales, you know, all presenting what they had achieved. And it was just so phenomenal to see not only what they had achieved, that was super impressive, but equally just seeing their growth over the past kind of two years since I've been in this role. Um, and I remember coming away from that meeting just feeling so proud um, and 
those are the moments that give me the most joy because you stand back and you go, wow, like this is how far people have come and this is what they've managed to do. And yes, these are really positive business outcome, which is fantastic. We always want that. But just seeing how people have embraced, grown, developed, and then, you know, turn that into amazing output is probably probably some of my proudest moments, I would say. Mm, wonderful. And I was, uh, I was, somebody was asking me, is there anything, any kind of themes that have come through some of the, the podcasts that, that I've been doing? We're speaking to these different women. And one of the one was, I tend to ask the same question, you tell me about something that you're proud of. And it's very rare that even the women that I've spoken with, if they've been made a you know, companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for the Happy World Cup or whatever it might be, you know, these kind of amazing <laughs> accolades, awards, but their proudest moments, just like yours, are so often the ones where they've helped develop people, seen other people grow, had a broader impact. So it's really, it's, it just came to mind when you were telling that one, I thought, mm, yeah, it's again along that same theme. Yeah, great. Now, you're still quite early on in your career. Where do you see your career heading in the future? Yeah, I'm 33 at the moment. I definitely feel very young, but also um, quite grateful for the opportunities I've had. I mean, it's a hard question to answer because if you asked me five years ago what I would be doing, I wouldn't have predicted doing what I'm doing today. But the one thing I do know from a career perspective is I want to keep growing and learning and amplifying my impact at a global scale. And also just being really clear around the things that bring me joy. So having that commercial and social and people impact being at the heart of what I do. I, I know enough about myself to know I don't want to compromise those elements, but I'm equally someone who likes to continue to learn and grow. And I love um, doing work um, at a global scale as well. The different markets and the diversity of markets, it's something that really energizes me. So yeah, whatever I do um, next or wherever my career heads, it will be in that direction, but quite hard to predict. Yeah, it'll be interesting to maybe catch up in five years' time and see where it, where it yeah. has gone. <laughs> As you say, you know, the, the, similarly, you know, if I'd gone back five, ten years ago, I'm not sure I would have said that I would be here where I am mm. now. I think that's quite common. And while it's that typical interview question, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Yes, I, I, yeah. found it, I ask it as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you think, oh, they should have a well-planned, thought-out journey. But the reality is, is you kind of look at yourself and go, mm, I'm not sure that I have that. Yeah, I think it's okay. Sometimes we've been opportunities have just come along your way and as long as you're learning and growing and getting all those great things around impact and, and people and kind of commercial elements the global side then yeah it'd be interesting to see where it takes you mm. I, wa I wanted to ask one last question Como, is what career advice would you have for other women I would say it boils down to three things and it, it's come through the, the theme of um, our conversation today, but surround yourself with people that inspire you, challenge you to rise higher, people that make you better, that ground you in the values that are most important to you. That's really important in terms of the people that you have around you. The second thing is around you know, I always believe investing in your own journey of, of self-improvement. It is your own journey and learning about yourself, what you enjoy, um, how you're going to kind of deal with tough situations, you know, how you're going to kind of recenter yourself when things don't quite go your way. I think that's a really important thing to be aware of or, or bring into your awareness. And then the last thing I would say to women out there is that, you know, you are good enough and believe in yourself and you'll definitely, if you're brave enough, you'll surprise yourself of, of 
what's actually possible and where you end up. And you just need to take that leap of faith and, you know, watch it all unfold and the dots will connect later. So that's a really important message, I think, for a lot of women out there. Brilliant. Fantastic advice. All those three pieces come well, Thank you for sharing it. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. It's been fascinating for me to hear about your journey and to, you know, right from that very early age of having that interest and understanding of business and then seeing how, where that's taking you now on a global scale. So thank you very much for your time and for sharing it with me today. And thank you for, for having me as well and for doing these. I think it's really inspiring. My pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon.